Hello. Oh, hello, Merlin. How are you doing? I'm fine, Dan. How are you? I'm doing fine. Mm, it's early. It is. It's super early. Yeah. You know, I sometimes feel like the difference between Central and um, you know, off by one error type situation. Where I feel like I feel like Central versus Pacific might be the most confusing. East Coast time, they don't even know there's other time zones. They, they don't even know the 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 nominal shape of the Earth. They don't need to because you know it's East Coast time. But but we 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 few we uh, happy few we band of brothers. You know we 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 uh, we take a licking. Because of the two-hour difference, it's really that's a two hours is a bigger difference than three hours in some ways. Three 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 hours might as well be like New Zealand. You know what I'm saying? Well, whereas two yeah, hours, I mean, that's the difference. Well, I know I realize what I'm saying sounds ridiculous because this is probably the second or third least prepared I've ever been for an episode, and I'm filling time. I didn't even check. I don't even know if we have sponsors this week. I didn't even check. Yeah. I, I don't. I, I have one link, and it's a log roll. Okay, so okay. so just uh, you, you cut that out, right? Uh, yeah, this show will never end. <laughs> Good. Well, then it won't be a concern. Uh, I have been. I have a. Sp- specific recollection of you and I had just started this program. It was 1956. My parents had just married and I was <laughs> right. in, uh, I was in uh, Wellington, New Zealand. Uh-huh. And I, and I was listening uh, to uh, one of our episodes as I was walking around frantically to thinking about what I wanted to say in this weird talk. Um, but that was so far away. And you travel, I think our, our, I don't know if it was one flight or all flights, but it was over 15 hours to get there. It was the longest series of flights I've ever been on. Um, and anyway, that's a big deal, but it's so different that there was a clear contrast. It's like a different day there, right? Now, here's the thing. What about navy blue versus black? What about uh, hot pink versus shrimp? Yeah, hot you know? pink versus shrimp. Yeah, salmon versus starfish. Yes. You know? Uh, that one conk, in the Supreme Court. Conk versus... Conk, conk. versus bonk. Conk. <laughs> thing. Conch. Conch versus bonch. Yes. 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 Beverly Hills bunk. Um, And so that's the thing, though, is like once you take... You got your blue... You got your navy blue suit and you got your midnight suit and you take him out in the sun you might see the difference man with eyesight like mine let's be honest who's a man it's just close enough to be confusing and you mm. end up wearing the wrong that's the wrong trousers grommet do you know what i'm saying mm. do you follow what i'm saying i'm, I'm saying that the I'm two hours with. is a bigger difference than new york london paris munich everybody talk about pop music is what i'm saying i like the um the in the, the ones that they came out with the remixes the the one by Mark Mothersbaugh, Devo. What are you fan. talking about? You're talking about the song uh, Pop Music Pop by Pop Music, M? redone. It sounds better than the Go original. There, there, take on it. That's interesting you should say that. I listened to a different version of Under Pressure by Queen and David Bowie last night repeatedly. That I think is also a superior version. I got really obsessed with that song last night. I get, I get obsessed with Queen songs sometimes. Um, anyway, here we are in Spain and all is well. And I don't even know what time it is in Spain. Probably, I bet it's about six hours difference. But see now, shouldn't that be a bigger difference? Shouldn't it be like forty hours different? Like Spain's like really far away. Spain, Dan. Barcelona, <laughs> Barcelona, is not as far as you think. Vamos, vamos, vamos a pasar la vista. Te tengo bistec con el salad de sopa y de postre, fruta. 
Corta el pelo. Your Barcelonian Barcelonian. Yep, 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 yep. Corta el pelo detrás de las orejas. Y de postre, fruta. Repita después de mí. Vocabulario. A E I O U. U U U uh so that's going on uh, how many sponsors we got you got, you got two got, uh, or three do, dos in your dos mm-hmm. 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 all right cool uh great 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 uh but uh i don't have much prepared i want to uh i want people to listen to a podcast that i visited on um um i'm uh well, 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 well you should tell me what you're up to in your neck of the woods sure um we're having jubilee here what is that uh jubilee because it Oh, Jubilee is our name for any even slightly longer than standard amount of break. So, like, for example, a weekend is not technically a Jubilee because we get a weekend, if everything works out, knock on wood, we get a weekend every, every once a week. Well, it depends on how you count, I suppose. You could say there are two very short mini weekends. Or as you say, weekend. Um, but we, that doesn't technically count as a Jubilee. If you strap on a Monday... Then now you're talking about a mini jubilee, but like a a more like a standard jubilee is going to be one of your like like your spring break would be a jubilee. Hmm. I, I've told you this, the 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 origin of that name, right? I feel like I have. You know, I'm search, I'm searching Ram for it, and I don't find. No, anything. no, 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 no. Try it. Try McCartney two instead. Hmm. Hold for laugh. Um, I will tell you in a minute where that comes from because it still delights me to think about it. That's something like, I, we could talk about things that delight me. My delight. Find my baby, hold her tight. <clears throat> uh, and then you get a Jubilee, a really a classic Jubilee for us is spring break. Um, and Jubilee is generally in, in, the, uh, in the child-centric world is just a way of saying, hey, you know, the kid's off school, doesn't have to be places. Um, which also means, as I mentioned on Roderick on the Line um, yesterday, that means it's been two years since we had to cancel our trip to Disneyland, which is a flashbulb moment in COVID for me. Yes. First week of March, hey, we'll get the whole place to ourselves. <laughs> we ended up having to cancel. This is the week we would have been there. Not, not so much to be heavy on the Disneyland part. It would have been a lot cheaper back then according to a lot of YouTube videos I've seen. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, boy, does that, 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 that galactic cruiser look like a piece of crap. Woof. 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 How do you, how do you build a, a resort with no pool? It's a rhetorical you question. Have a pool. You got to have a pool. A pool, a pond. Say it. Pond would be good a for f- you. <laughs> That's sweet. Come here. Little jerk. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, Jubilee, and as as part of that, uh, unintentionally, I'm doing a lot of uh, a, a lot of me work, and yeah. I'm doing some um, some different little projects of my own. And mm-hmm. sometimes when we talk about that, it's interesting, but usually not. Uh, I'll come back to Jubilee in a second. Two years, kids, school. When I worked at my dot com job, when I was still located in Tallahassee, I, I worked with this. I told you this story. I'll tell you again because it delights me. I worked with this wonderful woman named Tracy. Um, I was about to say from whom I learned almost everything I know about project management, but she's forgotten more about project management than I've ever known, so that would be a ridiculous thing to say. But she was that person, and let's be honest, she was that woman who, like, just did the work. She always, she never, 
like it was, she did our emotional labor. She did our labor labor. She did it all. And one of the greatest things she did, I'd say one of my favorite things I learned from her, apart from trying to not be a jerk, Uh was that, you know, she, she would end up taking notes you know, because she had the different chromosomes. She would take notes during meetings, but then what she would do at the end of a meeting, see if this sounds familiar. Well, we haven't worked together on that many projects, but this is definitely a me thing. Mm. Somebody takes notes. At the end, you say, okay, so I've got that. Dan, um, uh, you know, Dan will finish uh, the card, uh, the story in his parking lot and uh, move that over Mm. onto the, the, the rush board for the next sprint time. And, and Merlin's going to bring in donuts and then, et cetera. And then, and then when you start the next, that's the end of the meeting. So, so my addition to that was I would always email people while, I, while we were all still seated at the table. Sure. I would email everybody in this weird code of my own design that would be a kind of a, what I would think of as a precursor to Markdown, but it would say like what task each person has, their name on it, and when it's due, et cetera. And then you begin the next meeting by saying, hey, how do we do with all that stuff that everybody said they were going to do? And once you've gone to, you know, a few rounds of meetings like that, it really, it changes the way people operate in a, in a way that I think is really good. Um, Tracy and her boyfriend had cats. Mm. And, and uh, no, in a good way. Well, uh-huh. it, was, it, was, it was, we'll call a county, but they did real well. Um, considering, and then, but then I'm kidding, Tracy, I'm kidding. And, um, and, and but then I remember one day Tracy said, um, I don't know, it's probably three or four instead of leaving at seven or eight that night. Tracy goes, Oh, I, I gotta go. I gotta head home early today. Today's the start of Jubilee. And I said, Oh, Jubilee. What is that? She said, <laughs> it's, the, it's the week when we celebrate all the cats birthdays. Cause you know, you have like a Jubilee for like Queen Elizabeth, you could have a jubilee like that, like a, that's a, like a whole year long. It's a series of like interlocking celebrations. Yeah. Tracy and her boyfriend had a week where they celebrated all three other cats' birthdays, and it was called Jubilee. And they got different, like, okay, <laughs> different okay. presents I mean, makes and sense. dinners it's each it night. Tracks now. Jubilee. jubilee, jubilee. It's jubilee because it's different than a birthday. It's different than a holiday. It's a multi-day affair of interlocking, you know, regal uh, events for the crown. Which in this case is these these three cats. They're almost certainly perished at this point. Um, that's jubilee. And so I've been working on things with that. Well, what's what's going on in your neck of the woods? I I, I really honestly have nothing prepared. I'm going to hold off as long as I can log rolling this link. But I I, I wrote some things down in pencil here, Mm. which shows you the lack of commitment that I have to Sparkle Motion. Mm -hmm. But they're here. Um, What's what's, what's up with you? What's on your mind right now? What are you excited about? You know, I... um, If you you can say. Yeah, I can say. I've been spending a lot of time on one of your favorite old topics, uh, which is, of course... Me? Me? your old topics, which oh, is... Oh, I thought that's the topic. My favorite topic is me. Which is uh, calendars, calendaring, mm. calendaring. Oh, interesting. So in a previous episode, you are talking about the way that you manage your calendars and things mm-hmm. like that. And I was saying, uh, you know, I was learning. I was learning about this from you. You have your environment <laughs> calendar, which is a neat change. Oh, I this made. goes you back to the, journal the, 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 the... You were looking at going all in on Google Hub. And you were trying to figure out yeah. some wackiness with your calendars, and then we ended up talking about my odd right. system, yeah. Yeah, and so I I had a system before that that I felt like it had a lot of ways to... I mean, there was a lot of things I could have improved about it. Hmm. Let's just be honest. Okay. I wonder why. 
And so I integ- I well because it sucked. And I integrated okay. I mean your was it was it were you suffering me- from like old ideas or old technology was there something where you'd kind of left something sort of the same way without thinking about it? Yeah, I I used to see a calendar, especially a calendar on my phone <clears throat> or like, you know, on the Mac or whatever. I saw it as a a necessary evil. And so my attitude, whenever I had to schedule something or put something on a calendar, it was usually with great reluctance. And then I would get lots of notifications that I would continuously snooze and ignore. (laughs) And so there was a huge fundamental philosophical shift for me that had to happen. And I was very, I found that I was very resistant to it. I was very reluctant. A lot of people feel very kind of quietly, like, like they're like an old couple where just feel very bitter about their calendar, but not bitter enough to like just throw it out a window. Like there's a certain like there's a certain especially I would say I imagine in big companies or as you say enterprises with Microsoft products, I mean there's a lot of jazz and business that goes on with other people's calendars that makes you I imagine I if people use my calendar the way they use other people's like Outlook calendars I I would be very bitter about that. It's a bad culture. Well, and that's it, there is a lot of calendar culture and there the whole idea that I had was that I wanted to find a way um, to to not hate my calendar, but to also not feel restricted by the calendar. In other words, I wanted to have an attitude that said, when you get a notification on your calendar, it me it's meaningful. And you didn't put it in there as some stupid mm-hmm. thing. You put it in there because it makes sense to go in there and what you need, it's going to help guide you through the day. And if you think of it, as something that's there to help you, maybe I maybe I could change my fundamental philosophy about it being an annoying nuisance, it's, 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 a pest, a pest. I get, a I totally. Bu- because you get so Merlin. There's so many notifications that come across yeah, your screen yeah, in a day. You're like, how do I make heads or tails of this? And of course, you can't. I think it it helps a lot if one can pull it off to develop a less contentious relationship with the calendar. And like almost any good relationship, that means having a mutual understanding about what you expect out of each other, even though your calendar, I mean, I don't know, some people might think their calendar feels like a an Old Testament force of God that's out to get them, but really it's just kind of an inert chunk of funk that you can do whatever you want with. But like there has to be, as Judge Wagner used to say, a meeting of the minds about you know what is the calendar for and if you're not up to date on what you think the calendar is for and the calendar still think it's it's there to do something else i realize that sounds like i'm trying to be funny but when you get all of those notifications that's not the calendar trying to annoy you that's the now that's the calendar probably trying to help unless there has been an error in syncing that causes like multiple notifications that you didn't want or something it really is down to us to decide how to renegotiate that relationship in a way that makes i'm trying to um evolve my old words about this but to avoid uh ownership of people terms but the oh yeah yeah what's the new term we say we say um main versus instead of master and slave what do you say we say uh primary and secondary Okay, that'll work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I think I think uh, the idea behind a calendar. Uh, I'm probably probably quoting myself here, but like, is to make it a a useful a useful uh, partner rather than a long time adversary. 
Because, you know, there are those times where I do feel like there's technology. We've talked about this endlessly. There's so much technology in my life that at a certain point, at first I thought it was kind of cool. Look at the Amazon family of voice products, for example. I started out thinking these things were really great, and then I liked them even more. But then it wasn't until I kind of woke up one day and went, oh, my gosh, I really feel like I work for the Amazon at this point. And that's not, not only is that not the arrangement I would prefer, but like, not only secondarily, do I really not trust this thing to be the thing that, that with the good taste and um, that I would trust to tell me how to run my life, but like, it's getting in the way now, right? And a calendar can get like that over time. I mean, God forbid other people have access to your calendar to add things or change things, you know? It's one reason it drives me so crazy, with all respect to my more, more powerful, successful friends, when I get sent to the assistant, whomever that notional assistant is. And it's like, well, are you the kind of assistant that somebody create, put here to be a traffic calming bump? Or are you completely empowered to run this person's life? I've run into 90% the former and 10% the latter. So now basically I have the same problem I had before, except now I have to talk to somebody else and wait longer to find out how it's resolved. Does that assistant run that person's calendar or does the person running that calendar have an assistant there to just slow people down, which can be so frustrating. If you, I mean, I want to talk to somebody whose calendar is their non-Jedi version of a lightsaber. I want it to be the thing that they have crafted and built from, from their own calendar Kyber crystals title to, to be the, the weapon <laughs> that will, you know, Restore, restore uh, justice and balance to the galaxy. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, yes, yes, of course. Um, and you've had, I mean, I don't know a lot about this because you only wake me for the important means, but you're, you're doing different things and more things and new things, and like it seems to me. And that must be a particularly stressful time to try and like, if you, if you, I guess that's not the wrong day to decide to rejigger your calendar. Like you know, ordinarily you'd hopefully want to do that before <laughs> you've undertaken that. But, but I, I mean, uh-huh. all of this prattling on comes down to one, uh, a big, uh, one big issue for me, which is what is it for? Um, what is your calendar? What is anything for? What is anything really? But uh, what is calendar for? What, what does it serve? Is it the kind of calendar that we had, you know, when I was a kid that just said, you know, it was a school lunch calendar that had one very specific purpose on the side of the fridge? Is it a calendar that involves stuff like when a bill is due and consequently when a bill is overdue? When the rent is due, is it a, you know what I mean? Like, is it one of those like uh, USPS calendars that says, you know, if you're going to send Christmas presents from this zone to that zone, they need to leave by this day. Those all serve different purposes. And then we shade into, you know, what what's interesting for me, which is how does a calendar qua calendar differ from a notification slash, you know, alarm versus a reminder versus a note. I mean, there are elements of calendar events and items that can encompass all of those things and many more, which is fine. And I think awesome. It's just, you need to know what that calendar is for. So you and your calendar know what to expect of each other. And I think that's a lot more challenging than many people are willing to admit. It is. So a, uh, a friend of mine has been using the paper calendars, you know, uh, like a, like a day, day timer or something, paper, like a day mm-hmm. planner kind of. Those used to be huge in the eighties. I remember I really felt like I arrived when I graduated from college and used money. I should have used for rent and food to buy, uh, uh Oh God, what was, what was the cool one? A day runner. The one with like the, ple- the pleather. Velcro yeah. That, cover yeah. And- day- 
Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And so, you know, all of those are really a great solution, but they all happened prior to Google Calendar. They all happened prior to us having a calendar on our computer and on our phone and on our watch and everywhere. So I think a lot of the methodologies that came around how we use a calendar were based on having a piece of paper. That's a, such a good way to um, put it. I mean, is a clock more like a sundial or like a piece of uh, delicate hardware at a nuclear facility? Well, it, it could be both, but the way we tend to use it is in some ways closer to a sundial. Right. I mean, the, 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 the benefits yeah. and abilities of electronic stuff are not going to be fully utilized if you're still thinking of it mostly as a paper calendar that just is on your screen. I think so, too. And the way that you work with a, a piece of paper, it's very, very different because, you know, you write something down. And, yeah, even if you're writing in pencil, there's a lot of shuffling things around. It's this old philosophy. You know, we still have on computers, on Macs especially, we, although they've tried to downplay it, we still have very much this concept. I mean, if you think about it, like there's a file that goes into a folder that sits in another folder and there's a desktop and like a hi we have hierarchy this old and mental model based yes. on the finder. Right. And now we've kind of tossed that out with things like Google Docs, for example, where you don't really have to worry about folders. You just sort of, how do you find the document? Well, you, you type a word that's associated with the document. So if I want to get today's ad read and I know that our, one of our sponsors is, you know, indeed, I could just start typing I N D in Google Drive, and it's going to say, "Oh, here's your Indeed." Did it? Did it for me in Alt, which is very different from yes. saying like a more top-down approach of I'm going to learn the Library of Congress or Dewey Decimal System in order to locate. You know, that's a lot of over-engineering that suits the Smithsonian, maybe. But like in your own life, I just well, I just want to go NV Alt and type B two W space show note and like have it pop up. It's very different. Right. Mm, it's very different paradigmatically from thinking about, you know, even the finder of, you know, 10 or 15 years ago. Yeah, and it, and it makes sense. It makes so much sense why Apple and was it Xerox maybe that innovated it, but let's just say Apple innovated it. Whatever, I don't need the emails. Um Apple innovated the concept of like folders with files in them and you can move folders around and the reason that they did this, I think, is it because on the one hand, yeah, hierarchical uh, organization makes sense. But at the same time, there were people who were coming from having a typewriter and a notepad and a day planner on their desk. And they needed to be shown, okay, here's this thing called a computer. And we're going to come up with a graphical way to represent the stuff that you're used to doing in the real world. Mm -hmm. Now you're going to be doing this on a computer. And there are people like probably our kids and people who are much older than our kids who never had a typewriter on their desk, who never uh, worked with physical paper files in paper folders, that that was the main way that people did stuff. Like whenever I see a movie and there's like a guy comes into his office and he sits down and there's like a typewriter and a, a pen. No, and like, a, like an like episode of the Twilight lamp. Zone. Right, it's like, wow, what alternate universe yeah. is that? Oh, I lived in that one for like half my life. And, yeah. and so that's all very weird when you think about it. 
But the same thing I think is true for the way that calendars are designed and, and are designed to work. And Google has tried to change this with their own iOS apps. And a lot of other apps try to change this too. We no longer really have to think of it as, you know, you write something down and, and whatever. And there's so much automation that goes on behind the scenes. Like one of the things that's really, really nice about calendars, apps, and things like that is if you have an appointment and you have to go somewhere, you have a doctor's, you have a uh -huh. dentist appointment, yeah. right? You put in the location <clears throat> of the dentist appointment and your calendar is going to tell you when to leave. And yeah. I found oh, that you can I was say fighting phone, against like, things me, like that. I mean, I, I don't do this because I don't go places, but you, I think you can say things like, well, give me directions to my next meeting. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, I think there's something like a, um, well, it's like I was saying, like you have to shift your mind about that because like, for example, if I put down the dentist and I put down the location, it's going to tell me when mm -hmm. to leave. I'm not in historically, I'm not used to that. I'm used to doing something by saying, okay, well, where is the dentist? Okay. It's here. Um, you know what? I'm modern enough to use and I'm Google maps. So I'll put it into Google maps. And, oh, it, it says it's going to take 23 minutes for me to get there. Okay. So I, you know what? I'll set my alert 30 minutes ahead of that so that I know that I, you know, I can go and leave and I'll get there on time. But that's old thinking. That's not the way the tools work. Yeah, and that, work that proceeds when we had an idea of the better calendar things will include something called travel time, where it can calculate that for you or you can add it. But if you don't, if you don't remember, the whole point of a calendar is that you shouldn't have to remember something twice. And the thing is, if you don't remember, like if you added an event to your calendar, let's even say at a, at a in a previous epoch, where you did not have travel time. Now you got to remember when I wrote down the time for that, was I accounting for travel time or not? Like how do I get really clean tear off edges to all of my stuff where I can glance at a calendar and know what everything means. And, you know, and you, sh you shouldn't have to, the only, arguably one of the only things worse than having to remember something twice is, is having to parse what something means twice. And so that was the biggest thing for me was saying, I'm going to rely on this technology to, I'm going to try, instead of trying to make the technology work the way that I think it should work and actually creating all this extra steps for myself, what if I just embrace the fact that this is all like an integrated solution? Like other people, maybe even uh, a lot of other people who are smarter than me said, we have a better way to do this. What if you could just say, I need to be at this place at this time just tell me what to do. You tell me what to do. You're going to tell me when to leave. You're going to tell me how to get there. And I'll just trust you to do that. I'll trust you to do it correctly. You're going to do it correctly. And then uh, guess what? I'll get there and I'll be there right on time. And so that's kind of what I mean when I'm mm -hmm. saying like it was a big shift for me in the way that I work. And so now these notifications that I get are no longer things that I just keep snoozing and dismissing and snoozing and dismissing. They're meaningful. I've transformed them into something that now I trust them. And instead of thinking, oh, well, you know, I set that alert an hour early just to remind myself that it was an hour early. And then I've got <laughs> another alert that's going to go off at and so many, an And then you have an assistant that adds stuff to your calendar with a different way of thinking about it. And like that person doesn't know that I am the sort of person right. who my default for an event length is 45 minutes which is probably still longer than it needs to be, or the place where my wife works, I think one of the greatest things of the COVID thing was when the dean of the medical school announced from now on every meeting, unless, unless there's a reason to do otherwise, every meeting starts at 10 minutes after the hour and ends before the top of the hour. Too many people are having to run from place to place 
And it's still true, and people still do it. They start at 10 after. I mean, I, I think that's better than nothing. I think you could, you could still argue right. that that is arbitrary in a way that is more bread and circuses than useful, but it gets everybody on the same page in the same way a diet gets you on the same page. Like, we're going to try and think more about our health. It's just in this case, we're thinking about the health of our time, and I think that's, I think that's a valuable thing. Also, I want to hear what you like uh, in a sec, but also there's, the, um, there's an Uncanny Valley thing that happened, as you'll remember, as a lot of people will remember. I mean, there are there were name brands of this out there, but there was a funny thing that happened in the age of the burgeoning, well, the the new to consumers and new to Merlin world of the internet between 1992 and say 1998, and so there was mm. all of this stuff that like kind of wanted to be. I mean, I had at that point, for example, read, um, uh, uh, not Snow Crash, but the William Gibson book, uh, uh, Neuromancer. Yeah. So at that point, I'd read Neuromancer, yeah. and I was aware of that idea of like checking into the Matrix or whatever. But a funny kind of uncanny valley. Is that the phrase uncanny valley happened? Yeah. yeah where like it. you had yeah. these things come along and go, hey, you know how the internet's confusing and there's that little weird blinky box that makes noises at you? Well, we're going to make this real easy for you to understand. When you log on into our service, like here's the sort of controlling metaphor for where you are. And in something like AOL, if memory serves, that was stuff like these, you know, rooms or God, what, they, what do they call their walled garden? keywords basically and a keyword was synonymous with like a certain area you know somewhat analogous to something between a usenet group and a forum but you know you would it was a walled garden you'd go where you wanted to go etc cetera, etc cetera. but 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 the thing is then when we're trying to like think more about like oh now how do i use this for business 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 look here's a picture of a desk i say uncanny valley because you go here's a desk you know desks like you work at at your work and you can click on the Rolodex, and then you can go see your contacts in the Rolodex. You can click on the phone to contact right. people. And right. I, I say Uncanny Valley because I, that, it does make um, theoretical sense to do that and to say to somebody, hey, you know how you use a telephone for telephoning people? Well, you can use this e-telephone to e-telephone people or whatever. You know? And here's a typewriter where you can, like, you can write up invoice um, the thing is, the reason that's the Uncanny Valley is like you're, there are now a couple different layers of abstraction to that. Mm -hmm. You know, there was that thing where like, yes. you know, electric cars that don't make the right kind of room, room noise. So your BMW might start generating a room, room noise. It would be like that, right. except we, here's, here's our idea. Like your BMW now makes a banshee cry. Like, ah! like ah, that doesn't actually help, you know, and actually me pretending that that typewriter, that picture of a typewriter is how I work does not necessarily help. And, and just to, to cover this ground again, you look at something like uh, you know, Google Docs, or in my case, NVALT, or LaunchBar. That's such an interesting and different approach. There's nothing analogous right. to that, mostly, in the physical world, let alone even in most... Well, it's not even around in most computer worlds. The idea of, like, even that idea of, like, I'm just going to start typing something and it'll figure out what I want is still mind-boggling, right. Quicksilver-ish idea. But let's take that a step further oh, yeah. and say, well, what if I could do almost anything, not just on my computer, but in my world? What's, what's the difference? Well, my calendar is on my computer and my calendar is in my world, but that all lives in the same soup um, as stuff like photos 
which have GPS locations. And like, there's just, you could not make a cool 90s movie that made sense of where we are now because it would just seem too weird and maybe abstract. We get in our own way. We step on our own dick when we try to get too cute about the uncanny valley. And, and when we yeah. stop realizing like we are closer to, it feels like we're close to a calendar being that thing that hangs in your classroom as a kid or in the hallway or whatever. But in some ways, that's pretty far away. And unless you've gotten your mind right about what a calendar is for for you and then what kind of stuff can go in it, you're going to end up fighting in a, in a way that you never had to fight the calendar at your school. Right. Please tell me about something that you like. Merlin, you know what I would like to tell you? I mm -hmm. mentioned it before. It's Indeed. all about Indeed. Are you familiar? Are you familiar? Well, with I mean, like, I, mean like, I, I, I don't need to hire, but if I did... Uh, I could tell you, indeed, where I would go. Huh? Oh, uh, I like I land that. Plane? Well, or is it still in flames? <clears throat> you did. Three feet off nah, the ground. You, you did it. Mm. This is the thing. Merlin, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this Let's to our audience. I'm, important. I'm actually kind of talking right, to you. Right, I'm, I'm kind of talking to you day. about this. Okay. You, Merlin, you deserve a fresh start. But not in all parts of your life. Thank you. Work, right? I appreciate that. I want you to take your team to the next level with a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. You know what? That, what I'm talking about, Merlin, let me put it honestly to you. It's it's indeed. It's indeed. They're the ones that are here to do that for you. That's what they're all about. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed, they are the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. It's the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants applicants that meet your must-have requirements. You gotta be really careful with that last vowel. Yeah, I know. Or else you don't, or you don't pay. That's the magic oh, yeah. of it. And so mm -hmm. instead of spending like hours on five, ten different job sites, hoping the candidates with the right skill are going to find you, you you don't don't do that. Indeed is there for you every step of the hiring process. You're going to find the great talent with tools that they have. Like there's one called Indeed Instant Match. They've got one called Assessments. They even have a virtual interviews thing that you can do. So like with Instant Match, for example, as soon as you sponsor a post you're going to get a short list of quality candidates and the resumes are going to match the job description. Then you can invite them to apply. It's a very, very cool system to do it. It's almost like you're reaching out to those candidates instead of waiting for them to come to you. It's very cool. And when you have them, you can say, you know what? Now I got just the people that I need. I didn't waste time. So as you can start hiring right now. They have a $75 sponsored job credit. It'll let you upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash back to work. That's pretty good. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. That's a good deal. You are using indeed to find your perfect candidate. And so they just want to make it easy to do the URL that people need to go to, to get that, uh, to get that, that special deal. And by the way, it's, it's only good for another few days. So they got to jump on this indeed.com slash back to work to claim your $75 credit. Again, it's before March 31st. So indeed.com slash back to work terms. And I have to say terms and mm -hmm. conditions apply. So if you need to hire Merlin, okay. you need indeed. So go check it out. Indeed.com slash back to work. Thanks indeed. Buck, buck. And, and so in terms of um, how that is affecting your, your well, one doesn't say new because the entire, everything's always evolving. Everything's always changing. You know, everything's illuminated as they say. What, um, what, yeah. how does that affect this calendar? Uh, mix them up. Um, how's that affecting? Is it because you're doing different kinds of things with different people that you start to notice the need for an update or tune up? 
Yeah, I mean, that's part of it, Um, especially now that I have, you know, a place where I'm spending a lot of my days doing a lot of meetings with people, talking to a lot of different people in these Zoom calls and everything else. Like my calendar has gone from I can kind of manage my own day the way I want to I'm now Inter, you know, t- interfacing, as you say, with lots of other people and being in lots of Zooms and being available at certain times, not just when I mm-hmm. feel like it, but when other people want it and very mm-hmm. much um, a busy kind of a busy day. So what I've found to be really effective, it, it, but I still, there is still one thing that's missing. There's still one thing that I've been fighting with. And, and that is something that is shocking at how challenging this can be even within an organization. And so this is something I'm currently kind of investigating and looking at different solutions for it. But if you have just a regular Google calendar, it's maybe a calendar that you've been putting your appointments and meetings and things like that on for a long time. You don't want to move it. You don't want to use a different system. You don't want another email account or another Google account to use just your existing Google calendar. It is incredibly difficult to effectively share that calendar and your meeting and your events and other things like that with people that you might want to collaborate with when it comes to figuring out when someone is available. And mm-hmm. I understand that this is a tricky problem, but here's an example. I have well, it's at, at least, least, really at least three... it's at least two problems in some ways. The thing I'm constantly frustrated by, and I'm sure there's a good reason for this. It feels like it's just a legacy thing, but I mean, for something like with Alex and me sharing events for Do By Friday, why is one person the owner and the other person, everybody else is not? Can, can we have a slightly more enlightened view about these things where any person can change the time? Like we both, tur- we both right. turned our key and said, you know, there's this handful of people who I trust to do those kinds of things. It's really maddening to me where like, you know, because it's Jubilee and, and my kid and I are, are hanging out a little more, thank God. Um, um, I'm, you know, I'm, I've had to move some things around and if I want to change the time of our recording, this is not a huge deal, but I, I'm not mad about this, but I think it's illustrative, which is like our usual recording time for two by Friday is, um, you know, these days, 9.30 AM Pacific time, um, <laughs> 11.30, um, Alex Chicago time. But, you know, and, and I'd said to Alex, Hey, is it cool if we move that to Thursday? Cause my kid and I are going to go to Japan town and hang out and blah, blah. Yes, of course. Of course. Now the, the way that I, what I what I want is to be able to just grab that with my little mouse pointer and just drag it over to Thursday. But I can't, like regardless of the app. It won't do that. Why? Because I'm not the owner of that. Okay. Well, I talked to the owner about this, and I promise I have a note. I have a handwritten note from the owner that says it's okay. Nope. Can't change it. Okay. So I wait for Alex to change that, but meanwhile, that just sits on my calendar. So at this point, I have two options. Option number one is... Hmm to delete it from the calendar, which I don't like doing because it just feels weird to do that. The other thing I can do is propose a new time. And here's the, here's the thing where it's like the old days of windows. What, which, what was the windows where, I guess it was windows 95 where it was mostly really pretty, but then sometimes you'd open a door and take a step and it was like the Winchester mystery house and you'd fall into this like weird screen in you're back in DOS or something. Well, when you request a change for an event on Google Calendar, you know what it does? It generates an email. It doesn't change the... All it does is send an email to that person because it's decided that the emailing your, your betters are the way that you ask to move something. Not a huge deal. It's not driving me nuts, but that, that is really frustrating. It's, it's just that 
you know, that's like the Thoreau thing about laws that catch all the little flies, but let the wasps get through. Like, how do we, how do we like derive a way of having a more, a, a lively and dynamic approach to this kind of stuff? And that, is that the kind of thing where like you're, these are people you're kind of new to working with. And in addition yeah, to having definitely. a, a I, new job stuff, you've also got now, like we have to figure out, like you probably have to learn how they use these tools and what they call things and their absolutely. weird jargon and their timing stuff. Right. And you know, there are, there are so many little tricks and things that I've gotten used to doing. Like for example, if I have a phone call, I'll put the little red phone emoji. If I have to drive somewhere, I'll put the little car or, you know, the little blue car. If I have to record a show, I'll put a microphone. And those are just little visual cues that I can mm -hmm. look at so that without even necessarily reading what the thing I, I, is. I live by that. that and I'm, that's also why I do the upside down question, Spanish question mark, Espanol Pregunta Marco. Hmm. It's also why I use that to proceed <laughs> an event that um, at the time I typed it last had not been finalized. That gives you a way to visually, yeah. like your car lets you see, oh, this is car. I can also visually scan and then like when I'm doing something like a weekly review, is there anything coming up in the next week that has a pregunta mark on it that I need to either finalize or delete? There's, there's, I, I love visual it's stuff like that personally. I do too. And it makes it so easy to see as, as long as you're consistent, what you're doing and how it works. And so when I am in a situation working with other people, I know that they're not necessarily <laughs> going to do that. And that's fine. And, you know, Google is really good about adding the, <laughs> the little, art. like it, the, it doesn't yeah, have the, the timer too. Like I, when it. I make a pasta timer, might, this might just be the default glyph or not glyph, but you know, art. But like when I do one on my hub, yeah. I, I get a pile of spaghetti. I think that's kind of cute. You know, and then Google will also show that little strange Google Meet icon in uh, in a call if you have one scheduled, even though a lot of the time people add those automatically and they don't mean to. But, you know, there's something as simple as this. If one of your colleagues is trying to schedule, there is that feature when you are adding invitees to hit the little check availability button. But that doesn't always work. It doesn't work. Everybody's, everybody's different. That's like saying, right. does this person live in a house? And you go like, well, yeah, why would I ask that? And also, what do you mean by house? And also, yeah, because there are people who don't use their calendar at all. There are people who chalk up every second of their day. And like, what does that availability right. mean? And, and by the way, I left this off and I apologize. The second part, so part, part, part one of what I was trying to say there was the like ownership of events. But the other one is what you're describing as like the availability thing. Coming, we're coming back to that now, but mm -hmm. something like that we used to do, I still think Doodle is as easy as anything. I think Fantastical has now introduced this as a new thing. But like for the, for, for, we have jokes about this in the first like three episodes. Remember calendar that diary, that doodle me, um, that stuff we've, oh, I've yeah. been using doodle for over 10 years and it solves in a very elegant, simple, almost stupidly simple way. It solved a problem that's existed with, um, rem, rem, trying to remotely schedule events amongst different people in different places at different times. Doodle made that easy. Now, it's my understanding. I haven't tried it yet, but Fantastical also has that. Fantastical has added a mm -hmm. lot of things to try and address almost all of these problems in one way or another while still being, you know, sort of compliant, you know, with, uh, in this case, Google Calendar or iCloud or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's... Does that? I, I never click that. Do you click that? Do you click the thing that says show availability? I never do. It feels weird for one thing. Like I, sh I, sh I shouldn't be able to know if they have availability. Work. Well, yeah, and it doesn't work. And the weird thing is this, is that in order to get someone else 
like to be able to just even just know what's going on with your mm-hmm. schedule you have to invite them to your calendar you need to make sure that they can either see the kinds of events that right. you want them to see or not there's so many different steps involved with that and imagine that if you're trying to schedule something with five other people does that mean that i need to listen to listen so listen to this if you're the person trying to schedule something and and for whatever reason you know, maybe some of the people use the the Apple calendars. Maybe they're hosted on FastMail and they're using FastMail. In other words, they're not all just. You can't assume everyone's on Google Calendar because a lot of the time. And, and why? Not. Why should you have to? That's like that's like only agreeing people. to meet people who drive blue cars. It's it, the, the, what I want <laughs> to. I want, right. I want to. And this this uh, this if you may realize as I'm realizing right now that this this really summarizes a lot of what frustrates me is like tr- stop trying to use technology and I know this isn't what it sounds like, but what we used to call business rules in software. Like, and by that, I don't mean like a company manual. I don't know what they call it now, but back then we would call it business rules or like, you know, which is like when these kinds of things happen, this locks this state or this transaction. Like, you know what I mean? That kind of stuff. Stop trying to be cute about using software to solve a problem that I, I'm only confident handling with other people. I'm like, I'm like Admiral Adama. Like the benefit of my particular craft is that it doesn't get internet. That's what might save us from mm-hmm. the toasters is like, you know, mm-hmm. and, and, and that's what I'm looking for here is an easy way to say to somebody, hey, you know how I summarize a lot of what, what we're talking about right now? Um, how about this tip? If you're trying to figure out what time to do something with somebody, here's, the, here's how to cut the Gordian knot. You say you tell them a specific time, you recommend a specific time. You don't need to do right. three like courtly back and forth bows and scrapes. Oh, hello, hello. Oh, will mm-hmm. you be on the continent for the weekend? Oh, oh I feel I feel really quite ill having to ask. What's your Thursday look like? Oh, my Thursday's rather ill. Oh. Hey, um, what about uh, can we uh, record nine thirty uh, your time on uh, Thursday? Oh yeah, that's open. Or or they say you ready for this? You know what they say? No, I'm not open, but I can do it then. I bet you, you offer, you offer up a time on the planet, certain thing happens, right? You, you start by having the temerity, and you don't have to be a dick about it, but you have the temerity to say to somebody, you propose a time, you, you, uh, you know, a, a three-dimensional, five-dimensional, nine-dimensional thing in space-time when we're going to have our meeting, and they go, I can't do that, but what about this? I can almost, 80% of the time, you will get it on the first or second try. Instead of dithering and fussing and, and, and knitting your brow and going back and forth with 35 different times that everybody might be available. That is a bad idea. I, as, a, as a retired project manager, I can tell you that is not a way to make friends. All it does is just stall everything. <laughs> and I mean, when you're doing something related to project management... I mean, again, in a minute, I'm going to refer to this wisdom document of mine because I, I love it more all the time. But one of the things I said in there that I think people could misconstrue, unless I maybe explain it a little bit, I learned this as a project manager. If you want to please a busy person in life, there's, there's a, a really, like this is going to take a lot of work and thinking and practice on the part of you, the nominal project manager. But, but here's your goal in life from now on. Whenever you contact a busy person, which is to say everybody, whenever you contact a busy person, ask them a question that can be answered with a single word, and that single word is yes. And that does not mean you're in sales now. That does not mean you're trying to like fool somebody into doing something. 
But what that does mean, and, and how, why did I learn that as a project manager? Because a lot of what I would do is a this weird, not even, it was an open-faced sandwich of reality title where I would say, hey, look, here's a situation. Here's how I think we can fix it. And um, I'd be happy to take care of that given this time and resources. Does that work for you? And you know what they get to say to that? Mm -hmm. Yes. You're not asking them to hold your wiener while while you talk about your feelings. You're proposing a change in the universe that you will take care of. And they can say yes and yes and yes. It's like the Daniel Bryan, uh, you know, generation. You, you, you can say yes to that. But a- asking questions that require a sentence, that's cool. Because they may have things to add you didn't know about. They may have updates you didn't know about. That's fine. Requiring, writing something that requires somebody to think about something and then write a paragraph, that's not going to be as beloved, Right? Again, another theme in this wisdom document, stop giving people what you call a gift, but they consider a burden. Stop burdening other people with your business. And so that, that's why I say that. And so that, that to me is the optimal state of calendar is like, if I interact with another person of good faith, I can settle this like now. If I rely on all these damnable machines to take care of it for me, we may never get anything done and not even know it, you know, because now we're, not, we're sitting with, our, with a shaved head and a pile of goo. Um, so, oh we know God. what I'm saying. No, no uh-huh. eyebrows. No, I, yes, I yeah. do. No. Um, and so that's I'm not against any of these tools, but I would mention here in passing, and I think I'd like to hear about something else you like. In passing, something David Allen uh, talked about quite a lot. I want to say particularly in the early and middle periods of getting things done, getting things done's popularity, when people would say like, "Oh, but, you know, I need an app." For my Palm Pilot that I can do this on, I need um, I need a the Sigwin <laughs> app for this. I need uh, a .el for this. I need all these things. And David Allen would just say again and again in a way that I think was frustrating to everyone, including him. He would say, "Look, getting things done was designed to be done with a pen and two or three sheets of paper, and you can turn that into a binder. And you can turn, but basically, you need a list of your projects." And, and just let's be clear here, in the, in the original conception of getting things done, next actions were not cleft to projects in the way that software has made us think it needs to be done. What David Allen said was, quoting David, chapter, chapter David uh, verse Allen, is, look, you need a list of your current projects and you need a list, an updated, complete list of your next actions. You don't need to worry about that every day because your your weekly review right. you're going to take care of that. But I guess what I'm trying to get across here is there's nothing. The Jedi skills here, the Kyber crystals to all of this stuff here is like if you think you can begin with a piece of software and reverse engineer a job that makes sense, you're sol sorely out of luck. What David Allen said then is just as true now. Is like if you can't do GTD with a few sheets of paper you should go back and read the book again, right? If you think procrastination isn't covered enough in the book, we'll go back and read the book again. You're not doing the system, is what he's saying. And, you know, I, I, I don't have a dog in that fight, whether you agree or disagree with that POV. What I can say to you is that the benefits of an electronic calendar are manifest, especially if you Massive. yeah, if you have developed, if you're like me, and maybe this could be our next episode, because I, 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 I'm always happy to talk about this. I need to hear it. Everybody else needs to hear it. Um, maybe we can come back to uh, some logistics of this stuff, this kind of stuff. But like, I have a handful of best practices about this that I believed in for a decade, right? I mean, 
the names of the people involved should be in the subject line. What's involved in the meeting should be in the, you know, the, the event title, if you like. Um, everybody's contact information should be in the note. Um, you know, or, or, or a means for getting them. I mean, every organization is different, but abstract this enough to see what I'm getting at here. If somebody's going to be late for the meeting, do they know how to contact the contact person for that? Um, things like maps, things like meeting notes. I think I, I won't say famously, but in my own head famously, I would not agree to a meeting with somebody who couldn't tell me how, how long the meeting was, what the desired outcome would be, what we needed to settle with that meeting. What's a meeting for? Meetings, but settle stuff that we couldn't handle on our own. If, if you're just there to like listen and stare mutely at the camera, like Joe Scarborough is speaking, like that's not a great meeting. A great meeting is like what my friend Brian Mason used to do, which is like, there's nobody in this room that doesn't need to be here right now. We've scheduled an entire day or, or morning of people. And I'm going to constantly remind you there's five more minutes before our next quote unquote guest comes in. That is a muscular way to believe in the human beings inside of your organization and to treat them like adults instead of like constantly coddling and babying everybody. I don't mean in a like your feelings don't matter way, but in more of a like, you know, we're trying to be collegial and then we end up being insipid with each other. Like put that all in the calendar event. Who's there? What do they need to do? Let them worry about the alarm that's associated with that. It's mental to me that you could set anybody else's alarm. Everybody has their own systems for that stuff. Some people love getting this big diarrhea squirt at 9 a.m. every day of all their stuff for the day. I can't find enough ways. I mean, next to maybe AirPods, please stop pairing constantly with this device. It's the thing that I most crave is like turn off everything that tries to get too cute about automating things at times of day. That is not helping me. You're getting in my way. You're giving me, right. you're putting big piles of hay on top of my one good needle that I just mislaid. And, but that calendar, <laughs> just to go further, that calendar event can have all kinds of stuff in it. Yes, it can have directions. It, it can, depending on how you want to use it. But that notes feel is really, it's yours to go crazy with. In a very mature app like BusyCal, BusyCal does this amazing thing where they give you a second set of a bunch of metadata. So there's the URL or, and the note and the alarm, all the things that are associated with that event that everybody sees on main. And then guess what? You get your mm. own field for mm. URL. You get your own field for notes. You get your own field for so many of those things. And I think that is very beneficial. That is, to me, the ultimate way of treating your colleagues like an adult is to say that, like, well, and maybe it's something like coding standards, indentation, that kind of thing, like running. Maybe there should be a version of prettier <laughs> for calendars um, or lint. But, like, what all I'm trying to say is, like, the the basic... What is whatever that is, five W's and an H, like who, what, where, where, when, all that stuff lives in that document. And then a la David Allen and his team, I trust that you'll take care of this in the way that you need to take care of this. I trust that you'll be reminded of this in a way that makes sense for you. It's a very grown up liberal arts approach to work. I'm not going to tell you how to solve this problem. I'm just going to identify what I think is a problem and then you figure out how to take care of it. And I'm not going to hand you some busted ass one size fits all calendar thing and, and make you hew to my own standards about that. Except my standard of, I don't want you to need for any information. My goal with that, when I invite somebody to a meeting or whatever, cause I'm pretty good at this. I, I, I ought never leave them with a question that they couldn't get an answer to if they tried. 
I can't, I'm not going to, you know, I, 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 there's a lot of times we say to somebody, you know, had you considered using Google to find out what that means? Were you aware? Were you aware that there's a website you can go to and find what things mean? You could even select a string of text, say arbitrarily in somebody's Twitter bio. And if you didn't know what it meant, you know, did you know that you could, there's a place where you could go and search for that? Well, I, I'm not going to give you a puzzle, but I'm also, I'm also not going to like, you know, cut your meat for you. It's, I'm sorry, that went on a long time. Dan, would you tell me about something you like? Oh, sure. Oh, sure. I, I mean, I... Why, why, not? why not? Why Why not? I don't even need a reason. Uh, why don't I tell you about New Relic? Oh, I've been there. I, you know, I've been there too. And I'll tell you what, I'll <laughs> tell you what else. As somebody who for many, many years has run all different kinds of servers and maintained systems and things like that, you know, there's, there's always this drill. You're, you're, you're falling asleep at night. All of a sudden, you get that that text or the <laughs> phone call or the emergency no, page. You. you know, it's your night to be on call or you're always on call, and there's something wrong. This is this is the best time for New Relic, I have to tell you, because it's going to quickly tell you exactly what's going on. You can run down that incident checklist. You're going to find the problem. They've got... You know, this cool thing called like an errors inbox. You can check, you can see it's going to tell you <laughs> My whole exactly life is an errors inbox. On. Your Ooh. whole life is error. one contiguous error, large, dark <laughs> errors inbox. And you're going to be able to click the error. It's going to show you, oh, look, this is for the deploy where it happened. This is where the code is. This is where all the stuff. And this is because they have over 16 different monitoring products. It's all built into one platform, engineering teams. You can look and you can see across the entire software stack. You're not just going to say, oh, this is the one place the code was. It's like, oh, look over here. This was a database issue. This is a database problem. You can pinpoint the issues down to the exact line of mm -hmm. code so you know exactly why the problem happened and how to resolve it. Usually it's not you. Usually it's one of the people that works with you. It's Dave. Oh, you, you so you're saying, you're saying it. it's, it's almost it's always the market, yeah. the market. like it's a you problem, not a me problem type situation. It's a you. It's almost mm. always a you problem. But, you know, big, big companies, GitHub uses Epic Games, DoorDash. There are 14,000 companies, including two of mine, <laughs> that use New Relic to debug and improve their software. So it doesn't matter whether you're one of these fancy pants cloud native startups or an old school OG corporate stoogie fortune 500 company. It takes just five <laughs> minutes to set it up in your environment. And the next late night call that's waiting to happen ain't going to happen. They have a special deal mm. for our listeners, Merlin. New Relic. The whole platform, 100 gigs of data for free forever. You don't even need to put in a credit card. You just sign up at newrelic.com slash back to work. I'll say it again. New, N-E-W, relic, R-E-L-I-C, newrelic.com slash back to work. Go there. Support the show. Support yourself. Get 100 gigs of data free forever. How much better can you do? None better. Thanks you very much better. to New can't Relic for making this show possible. Merlin, Xavier. Bok, bok. Two quick things, and then we got to bounce. Um... Quick thing number one, I made a new friend um, last week. Um, his name is uh, Stephen Robles, and he is from the, uh, <laughs> to use the parlance of, uh, of um, Rachel Maddow, the great state of Florida. And we have a lot in common. Um, and I visited with this, this, this fellow, Stephen, who's a really nice guy, and uh, he does a podcast about movies. And uh, we had a very nice visit. We also had a visit on top of the visit. We like, got acquainted for like an hour before we even recorded. What did we record? Good question. Show me all the blueprints. We talked about the Martin Scorsese movie, the film, The Aviator. The Aviator. This is one of the most amazing uh, I, films. Have you seen it? Have you ever the, watched the, it? The movie The Aviator? Um, I'm trying to remember. I have that Time magazine. 
the film. Um, we talked we talked about you, and we talked about you know both of our sort of compulsions about this movie. Um, a lot of oh, fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, go listen to it because the Aviator's good. But also, I just I really like Stephen, and I, I enjoyed uh, he plays trumpet, which I won't hold against him. I will hold the Florida part against him, but I hold that against myself. Uh, well, that sounded gross. Anyway, I, um, I <laughs> at least you're honest. Please go check it out. Um, nice fella. Also, you know, I um, I'm uh, I have a lot of projects I'm in the middle of, and you know, secondarily, I'm I'm in the middle of a project of trying to stop apologizing for things I'm not actually apologetic for because I think it's unseemly. I love the thing that I'm doing with this what I'm calling the Wisdom Project. It feels the Wisdom Project. It's uh, mm-hmm. you, you know, I think this is the best no, thing you've on, ever done. I, don't say that. Um, I feel no, good I doing it. it, and it's right in my wheelhouse in a way that, for the sake of argument, let's just say other writing projects were not always. I mean, certainly it helps that uh, my ambitions for this are, I wouldn't say non-existent, but not very lofty. I don't see this becoming a, a career-making, money-making juggernaut, but I really like writing for it, and I really like reading it. And, I, and when I forgot that I made a sentence better than worse, it makes me happy. Um, and so, yes, I'm trying to stop apologizing for things like that, and I'm going to tell you all, I hope you'll go and, and look at this uh, uh, it's in show notes and it's on GitHub where you can watch it happen in real time and you can see when I fix my typos and stuff like that because I'm still learning yeah. how to smash. Smash that bell, fam. And, and, <laughs> and what do I say it here? Well, I don't need a reason to say it here. It's my show. Um, and dance. But it's also that, like, I'm, 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 I'm proud of this. I think I'm proud of it. I really like it and I would love you folks to read it. And, and I'm going to give you a couple quick selections uh, and I really should do, you know, um, Bible style chapters and verses, so I can quote myself with chapters and verses. You know, if I so you say, you know, First John four seven and eight, like people are going to know what you're talking about. You know, or you say John three sixteen, like the rainbow wig guy, people know what you mean. I don't have that right now. You there? Oh, you're yeah, muted. Okay. Um, this is uh, and, and eventually these will have things like serial numbers. I don't want to get over my skis. Um, I'm gonna read you a couple of these. Here's one. Um, your calendar represents a portfolio of promises to your future self. Treat it that way. New line. Thus, the only events allowed on a serious person's calendar are commitments about time, location, and effort that will die if they are not successfully completed on a specific day, full stop. Now, you are all, I'll, I'll walk right up to the edge of you are encouraged to not agree with me on that. It's all fine, but this is this is my document. There are many like it, but this one is mine, the writer's uh, creed. Um, <laughs> that's the, that's that's the, writer's, the writer's creed? creed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I did not, also, you I know, did not know that. Uh, uh, try, uh, try to not split your infinitives. Hmm. Um, actually, no one cares. Split your infinitives. No one cares. Um, no, that, 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 that's one where you're going to go like, oh, well, blah, blah, I'm special. Life's difficult for me. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but, you know, still, uh, why, for me, it doesn't go on the calendar unless it dies. If Otherwise, it belongs somewhere else. Otherwise, it's aspirational. Do you understand what I'm saying? Right. Yes. Um, let me give you one more, um, and then we'll bounce. This is, like I say, it's in notes. I should probably hang a domain on this. Um. This is further down, chapter and verse. Learn the difference between... Dan, 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 you remember this one? Learn the difference between being busy versus being yeah. what? Time-constrained. 
Time constraint. Time constraint is an immutable fact of adult life. I want you all to listen carefully. Is, is this uh, a... I forgot her name. What's her name? What's the woman he calls? Mrs. Uh, Grace. Not Patel. Grace. Patel's the one that's like fucking the salesman. What is the difference between being busy versus being time constrained? Time constraint? Nyborg. Nyborg. I can only speak with a Mrs. Nyborg. Time constraint is an immutable fact of adult life. While it can and should be managed, time constraint can never be eradicated. Being busy, quote unquote, and this is where I, I, I lose a lot of people. Being busy should be better understood as a time-limited result of an earlier management error. If you find that your busyness has become permanent, you must learn to manage earlier, differently, and much, much better. This is, this, these are things from the wisdom document. I love this document. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do, I, I do too. Oh, it feels good. Copy oh, it's, you already do. It's already in there. You just start and you'll have it everywhere. If your guitar sounds out of tune, it's probably the G string. Um, all true. Don't pick fights online. You know, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Tip the hotel yeah. staff. It's all in here. It's there. I read one of these put your, things. Put your nose there. against the glass. It's all in there. All right. Um, so, um, um, that was my, that was my de- declaration. I'm coming, I'm coming out of the, uh, the scribe's closet. There's another thing I was going to mention. We'll figure it out. So maybe next time we could um, talk more about calendar stuff because, like, I don't know. I, I, I just, well, I think it's interesting. And, like, it's, it's, I think it's, I would like to think it's one of the few things I've empirically gotten mostly pretty good at. And it has had a very, it's had a very salutary effect on my life, getting good about a calendar. You know, and I, the thing is, I mean, like if I think about it real quick, like back when I worked for worked with Dave, the marketing guy, and I was doing working for working for people who worked for lawyers, I had to keep my time down to the like the official time I wrote down was fifteen minutes, but I was doing it down to seven and a half minutes so I could round even better, and like getting into that habit of tracking how my time went in a way that I felt I could defend if there was a question about the billing, where I had to like, don't just write down, you know, uh, whatever, you know, uh, Lebowski versus Lebowski. Like, you, you write down what you did, like what you made. Have some kind of a notation that you could come back later and not just your four-letter billing code would be in there. How do you jog your memory about that? How is it the Gmail and my geotag photos have become the basis for remembering most of my history of the last 10 years? Some, a common right. Amazon, if I'm honest, Amazon orders are another. Like these are things that, like, oh, yeah. like it certainly can get creepy about it if you wanted to, like, you know, track somebody. But for me, it's incredibly valuable to go. Oh, I I remember I bought this from Amazon around the time I did went to that trip, and when I was on that trip, oh, that's why it says we were in Maryland because we were briefly in. Mar- you know what I mean? That ability to like reconstruct your life from things like that. Being good with your calendar is a similar thing. I want to remember when I got my hair cut. I want to remember when I had a junk pickup at home versus work. I want to remember, like, I just, I gave myself a buzz cut last week. I want to remember that so when I can, you know, go and get a haircut again. I want to remember that the plumber replaced the trap in my sink on this day that goes under, you know, my calendar called journal. Like, stuff that I just want to remember or environment would be good, too. Um but, you know, and this is, again, why I love stuff like Fantastical. Fantastical's natural language stuff is enough on its own to be great. But, I mean, 
stuff like templates when you were talking about like I like to make a little car like you know you can have templates where you basically create an event and you basically Does just have select a, a template car? and then you fill in the parts the that are different has a li- like that stuff is powerful has a car? this is like you could well I have one for sous vide steak I have one for honestly for junk pickup I have one for you know for all these haircut all these with a barber pole all these different things you know I sometimes I feel like I was going to say Black Widow, but I guess a better example might even be like Peacemaker. Where like I've just I've got um, you know or what some character from the Suicide Squad. Like I can I can use a wrist rocket. I can use a rifle. I can use a, a big ass like gherkin knife. Like I with, with with my hands on the tools and my money on my mind, I can take care of whatever I need to do. I can rain bullets on you like an Iron Man if I need to, because once you get your mind right about what that calendar is for. It's all just implementation details. It's a good feeling. Feels great. Yeah. Yeah, you want to button this up? Yeah, okay. All right, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man.